0: make your flex time work for you visit myflexlearning.com slash b to learn more and receive five hundred dollars off the first year that's myflexlearning.com b e
1: they are the fabulous learning nerds because if you're tired of the old ways of
2: getting it done you've got the fabulous learning nerds scott dan and
0: zeta are making it fun the best ideas that you've ever heard. So everybody spread the word, they're gonna keep your with turning, the Fabulous Learning Nerds, Fabulous Learning Nerds, oh yeah! Hey everybody, welcome back to another amazing episode of your Fabulous Learning Nerds. I'm Scott Shuddy, your host, and with me, as he is every stinking week, just about, Dan Coonrod, everybody! Dan the
3: man, oh yeah!
0: Dan...
1: Scott, what's up, man? How you doing?
0: I feel good. I feel good, sir. We are heading into the holiday season. Actually, the holiday season started a little while ago, um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm doing okay. We're doing all right. How about yourself, sir? I'm doing, you know. Fair to mid.
1: You said you're heading into the holiday season, but we've already had Halloween. What other, what other holidays happen after Halloween?
0: My wife loves Christmas. So there are many people who love this time of year, the magical time of year. <laughs> um, and I will tell you, I think I told you last time, last time we got together that as soon as everything spooky went down, everything festive went up, which was the right thing to do, but extremely tiring. That's all I can say. Like, I don't know if I'd want to do that again, but I probably will. In your heart,
1: in all of our hearts, if we call Halloween festive, it can be festive year round. Why Why use that word to only mean Christmas? Just saying. Expand.
0: Grow. <laughs> From a growth mindset point of view, I think it's fantastic. It's I think it's great. It's cool. Um, I'm, I'm sporting my new glasses today, which are cool. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I had The glasses are great. They they help you see, which is good. At my age, I have to have glasses, which is kind of scary. But I also found out, like, okay, so my first pair of glasses. So I got the ones with the little nose pegs, you know, and they were mm-hmm. digging into my nose and I kept going back. I think I went back like six different times and I said, I look like a chipmunk, please fix this. And they just finally said, <laughs> you need the glasses with the plastic frame without the little nose clamps. And I said, yes. And they gave me a, um, a brand new pair. And um, Ooh. yeah, they are comfy and I can see, which is a bonus. So if seeing is a good thing.
1: That's, that is good. I
0: recommend it to most people. Yeah.
1: Comfy and not being able to see. Mm. Not a good
0: thing. Mm. No. Yeah. You know who else is comfy and also can see? That's right. The Dutch is a design. Everybody, Zeta is in the house. Z girl. Scott, how you doing? Oh man, I'm, I'm doing good. Thanks a lot. How's your, uh, how's the week been? It's
3: been good. It's been good. Uh, revving up for Thanksgiving. Um, thinking about all the different kinds of food that we're going to be having. So looking forward to that. Uh, and they're called nose pads, by the way, oh. those little eyeglass things okay. that are on your nose. Uh,
0: that, that is a, that's yeah. an error on my part. That's a learning on my part. This is a learning podcast. So that's good. Everybody, <laughs> those are called, what are they called again? Z girl? <laughs> nose pads. So what happened? What is the technical term then for people like me that look like um, the chipmunk with the little nose pad things in their nose? <sighs>
3: uh chipmunks yeah no. chipmunks <laughs> alvin simon theodore theodore yeah <laughs> doot, doot. oh my
0: gosh <laughs> it's totally awesome Do-do-do-do. yeah 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 terrible. so so getting ready for turkey day and I, the older I get, the more I like it, the more I like this holiday. Unless you're doing all the stuff, if you are one of those people that loves to cook and entertain and bring everybody in and kill yourself for a day like I do for another holiday we talked about, great, fantastic. That is not me. I just want to show up. I want to chill. I want to watch football. I want to eat and I want to drink and then I want to go home and I want to just enjoy time with my friends and my family. And that's just so awesome. We should do that more often.
3: Oh, yeah. Like, I have Thanksgiving planned as well as Friendsgiving. So where you, like, get together oh. with family and then decompress with your we friends. We should
0: totally have a Nerdsgiving <laughs> and have all the nerds oh, come in. Love it. And have a love Nerdsgiving. It. Love that. Oh.
3: Be thankful for the learning.
0: <laughs> I know someone, I would totally have a Nerdsgiving, you have to... Ensure that you invite this person to giving. I am sure she would show up. She's a friend of the show. Um, She's just an amazing human being. And quite frankly, everybody, she's a virtual training superhero. Everybody, Cassie's in the house. On.
2: <laughs> it's great. Um imagine that I'm dropping from the like some the place very high and I'm doing the superhero land, you know?
0: Yeah. I just Did, did that. you grow up on that show? Were you a Linda Carter fan growing up? Or is it just um, me? Am I the only one?
2: No, I, I I did and also had the can I say
0: mm-hmm.
2: it? Underwear.
1: <gasps>
0: yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. We have just like half the audience are going under what? Go look it up. Have your AI assistant look it up for you.
2: Listen, the Wonder Woman ones were the best ones, and even the boys had those. (laughs)
0: Legit. I had Optimus Prime is what I had for my (laughs) underos. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
2: (laughs) That's amazing. Thank you for that.
0: Cassie, for the one or two people who don't know who you are, could you give a brief overview of who you are, what you do, and what makes you so awesome?
2: Oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> uh, my name is Cassie Lavori, and I do virtual training superhero things. <laughs> now, I help people not hate living online, working online, and doing virtual training. And I've been working in the learning and development field for the last 25 years, uh, but now I'm kind of expanding more into remote work in general and just how to be effective when we are connecting using all these digital tools that are available to us today.
0: Yes. And you are amazing at it. And I don't speak lightly of that. I, folks, if you need help with your virtual training, Cassie is the person to go to at the end of the show. We'll have shown what's on how to get a hold of her, but she's great. I've been to summer classes, everybody that is new to a virtual training and you got to go talk to the wizard. You got to go talk to Cassie about it.
2: Oh, thank you so much.
0: But you're doing some new things, and I'm super excited about it. And uh, without further ado, everybody, let's go ahead and dive into our topic of the week. This week, we're going to be talking about journey into keynoting, which I find really, really awesome because you know what? Um, There are a lot of people, myself included, the talkers in the learning and development field, those people who get up in front of people and train or sit behind a computer and train or are training people on how to train, we I think a lot of us think about this, right? So, hey, I, I'd love to be on a stage in front of thousands of people telling a story in an attempt to make everybody better. Like, that's my thing. I would love that. Not everybody's into that, but a lot of us are. And I got to be honest, like, I don't even know... What I'd talk about, I don't know where I'd start. So, Cassie, like, let's start from the from the get right. You're successful at what you do. You're awesome at what you do. And now, are you going to go ahead and expand into keynoting? Like, what was your inspiration? What, what, mm-hmm. what started you on this journey? Let us know.
1: Oh
2: my gosh! Well, so many different things led to the path that I'm currently on today. Very excited to be on today, and still learning as I'm exploring where I'm at. It's super exciting. And let me first say that I've done keynotes before and I've always felt like they weren't right. And it's not any kind of feedback that I got. It's not anything that anyone said to me. Uh, it's, It's completely what I said to myself and how I felt about it and what I wanted it to be. And so Scott, to your point, like partly there's, it's not exactly that I have this dream that I want to be in front of thousands of people telling a story. It's not exactly that for me. It is more about where am I going and what do I want for my future? And it's a, it's almost like a revisiting of where I was when I was in high school and then college and trying to figure out, you know, what do I want to be when I grow up? And I actually ended on landed on a path not ended on it landed on a path of of theater and that led me down public speaking and i have a degree in public speaking with an emphasis in theater because i decided i wanted to have a job <laughs> instead of auditioning <laughs> and, and all that i didn't i don't love auditioning you know i didn't really love the actor life style but i did love performance and that's how i ended up in public speaking and communication, speech communication as a degree, and then finding learning and development and coming into it as a trainer, not as an instructional designer, but as a trainer and the performance side of it. And it was really interesting in the early part of my career, trying to get a job because I wanted to be the one talking. And they're like, well, what are you going to talk about? And I'm like, whatever you want me to talk about. (laughs) I am here to help talk about things, you know, and it, it was a little difficult in the beginning to get a job. So I had to I became a technical trainer. I got a, I got a job, at you know, working as a Microsoft trainer. And then I got good at that. And people then said to me, and then I went to WebEx, right, after Microsoft was WebEx. And it's like, okay, we get how to click and where to click and what to do. But how do we be like that? And I'm like, well, that's what I wanted to do to begin with. But you didn't want to hire me to talk about that, you know. So <laughs> now I'm on that path. So that that's the very early, early origins of it. But then we fast forward to the events surrounding March 2020. And it's another push towards something different for me.
1: I absolutely love the, uh, I wanted to be, uh, you know, uh, an actor, but I also wanted to have a job hundred uh, percent that resonates. I just wanted to play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. So I became a trainer so I could pay the bills. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, you know, we we need the game master too, Daniel. Come on.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. But still, I totally get that. Yep. I totally get that.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's neat, isn't it? It's the performance side of things, right? Like, uh, just because you know something doesn't mean you know how to share it with people. And yeah. there's there's something to that. And, you know, it's interesting to me, I'm, I'm going down a tiny tangent because I'm thinking about there's a lot of emphasis around hiring and uh, thinking about like, uh, at least in our, like in, in the network in the learning and development network, uh, you know, people are instructional designers and we have very like all the instructional sh- designers should do all the things, which is quite overwhelming for all of them, by the way. And by the way, to all of you, thank you for all that you do. And thank you for learning all the things and making all the things. Cause then I get to talk about the things that you've made. Thank you.
3: <laughs>
2: but companies will hire the trainers and then they'll hire the developers But it's like, they don't necessarily think about the instructional designers in between because I've always felt like the designers are like my script writers. And not all of the actors are great at improv. And, And if you compare that to what we see in corporate learning and development, you have a lot of trainers that are subject matter experts that are basically operating on improv. And we should pay more attention to the instructional designers who've written thoughtful scripts that can actually move in theater and audience But in learning and development, you know, people to be able to do their jobs and apply the skills. So I have a whole lot of respect for all the roles, but I come at it from that performance side.
0: You are so right. Because I feel like, oh, you have design in your title. That means that you make pretty things. And it's so much more nuanced than that. And I, I feel that the people that are super successful are the people that touch a lot of things, have experience in the facilitation world, have experience in the design world, have experience in the leadership world. If you start to bring all those things together, those people are great. It's it's identifying, it's identifying what niche is going to be yours and what you're going to lean on. Um, what I like about what you do and in in those sessions that I've sat in with you, that I've had the pleasure of sitting with you, is that you bring something, you bring a lot of flair to whatever it is that those other people are doing, if that makes any sense, right? So like, here's my niche, (laughs) here's, you know, okay, here's how you make a cake, but here's how you make it better, right? And so I think that that's really important and really, I'm glad you brought that up about your journey.
2: I just kind of thought it was a flaw for me that I was like unwilling to do all the things. I am a person who likes to focus and do what I'm good at doing and I, I don't want to have to do the things I don't like doing or that I'm not, that I know I'm not going to be good at. And I thought that it was a bad thing for the longest time, but I realize now I think it's, it's best for me and it's best for all involved (laughs) that I'm focused on what I'm good at doing. And then I actively make it a practice to, to lift up others around me that I know are better at doing the things uh, that I, that I'm not as good at doing. Mm
3: -hmm. That is awesome. That's, that's the teamwork that I think that kind of like leans a little bit back on the, the theater roots. I mean, you need people backstage. You need people that do the set design. You need people that do the script. You need the people that are on stage doing the monologue. Like going back to that same idea, what is a keynote speaker like? Are they yeah. the person doing the monologue on the stage? Are they the introduction to the yeah. stage?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, if you look at just the traditional word of what a keynote speaker does, is it sets the key, the main note for whatever we're doing it's a conference or the meeting and it in if it's the opening keynote you're setting the tone it's the note if it's the closing keynote then you're wrapping it up and sending them on right and so it's meant to be the overarching or you know the bookend if you will and i don't know that it needs to be a monologue there's certainly a lot of people who make it that way and maybe there's an expectation that it is that uh, but if we go back to in march of 2020 i i have uh 25-year career as a workshop facilitator, presenter, and trainer. And I certify people to be virtual trainers. And I've done this for organizations before I worked for myself internally, um, internally facing and then with clients externally facing too. But now that I work for myself, I'm teaching all sorts of learning and development teams how to be more effective at their virtual learning strategies. And so I am in that world and have been in that world and so you take it into march 2020 you can imagine my business is going along the same and i'm like you're all finally listening hi it's so good to have you here you know and so business was very very overwhelmingly busy for those couple of years and even up until now but what's beginning to happen now that we're three years from that three years plus People know how to be online now and there's a whole bunch of other people coming up and finally doing that where it used to just be a handful of us. Now there's a lot of people and I'll be in meetings and somebody will say, well, why should we work with you when we just met so-and-so who's doing it also? And it's like, that's a great question. And then, you know, well, when did they learn it and when did they start doing it? And, you know, those all those kind of questions come up. And I'm not a person who wants to feel any kind of negative around any of that, but I am also a human being who's like, oh, no, everyone's doing what I have done and built my business around now. And it was really easy for me before because no one else really was. There are a handful of us, but now it's like everyone, we know how to be online. So what am I going to do? Where am I headed? And- yeah, where am I going to go? And what do I have to say? And I'm like, I've been doing this for 25 years. Well, so what? What am I going to do with that? And that is like, well, you know what? And and a way to lift up and honor what I believe in uh, about other what others are doing. I want, you know, people come to me now and they're like, I have followed you for years and I'm going to do this too. And, you know, part of me would go, no, it's just mine. But then I'm like, that's not realistic. <laughs> you know, that's not realistic, right? Yeah, it's not. <laughs> And I don't even want to be that person. What I want to be is the person who says, I, I'm so happy that you're finally here. How can I help? And to be confident enough and say, here's where I'm headed. And I'd like to hand that torch. And that is what led me to, well, what would then, Scott, back to you in the beginning, what is my message and story if it is no longer, this is how you do this? Where is the keynote message, which is the bigger, broader message? And 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 Zeta, I went on that journey. What is the difference between a keynote and a workshop?
3: A keynote sets the tone, right? The keynote it is the it sets the resonating vibe of the entirety, rather than just the skills. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and and then and then I I went on a journey to discover more of that after starting to understand that, and that's what led me to. Uh, Michael and Amy Port and Andrew Davis. Um, Andrew Davis and Michael Port wrote a book called The Referrable Speaker. And I, I, I read that book like in, in two days, cover to cover, because it had all of the answers I've been looking for. So thank you, Michael and Andrew. And I immediately went to the, they teach in-person classes and I immediately signed up and I spent a whole year on a journey earning what I'm going to call my master's degree in getting to the keynote stage and, and differentiating what it is to deliver a workshop versus delivering a keynote. And, and what they say in their book, and I give 100% credit to them for that because I've learned it and believe in it, I think it's just wonderful. And I think that it's nuanced also. This is nuanced, but as a general, something that really spoke to me in that book, they say, a trainer, a facilitator, a workshop leader teaches people what to do. A keynote speaker teaches people how to think.
1: Ooh, love that.
2: Kevin, that's what awesome. Am what am I going to do differently? How am I thinking about my world differently? Mm-hmm. And now you could see there would be nuances in there that, of course, trainers teach people to think differently too so they can do things. And the best keynotes give us something that we can do right away. So it's going to overlap at times. But generally speaking, when you think about it from that angle, Another thing that they helped me to understand and I'm implementing and working through is that trainers have the answer. Visionary thinkers, the best keynote speakers are posing questions and 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 they have some ideas of things, but they don't claim to have the answer.
1: I love that. I as as somebody who's been an instructional designer for years now, uh, it's it's only as I've gotten deep into into the craft where I've started to find a similar difference between informing and inspiring people. Like, hey, I, I'm I'm going to build content and it's going to teach everybody and it's going to be awesome and it's going to be great. But if I if I don't build content that inspires inspires people to connect with the content, inspires people to connect with the things I'm informing them then it's just going to fall on deaf ears or it's just going to be a checkbox. And so to hear in the training world that difference between, hey, trainers inform and keynote speakers are asking questions, these deep, meaningful and moving questions. Like, that's great. I love that. Mm-hmm. It's
2: one way to look at it. I do want to say it's one way to look at it. And I'm not, I don't want to say, because I don't believe in the absolutes that like trainers do not get people to think differently and oh, that yeah, keynote yeah. speakers can't have us do things. But mm-hmm. for me, it really landed as a trainer, and especially because I have a background as a technical trainer first. I'm teaching people where to click. And then, um, well, then, then what? <laughs> you know, and so I had to go find the, and then what? You're happy. Okay. You know, what does all that mean? And so I started asking myself those questions. What what does it mean? if I If I want to move away from helping people manage a whiteboard a learn that there is one and b then you know why I should use it (laughs) what then am I gonna do and so that was the journey that I went on as I dove into writing my very first in this form keynote speech that is more on the visionary thinking side of things and I'm still learning that I mean it I I pause as I say it because I'm like is my speech that yet you know, I. I think, I'm working on, it. I want it to be. And through this whole process, as just a subtitle here or a sub, I don't know, extra thing, I have another speech that's in me that I'm gonna begin writing in January and going through the process. Uh, and that, that whole speech is not connected to working remotely, but rather something much more deeply personal and highly, hi- personal and highly vulnerable about this whole process of what I've learned about myself um, in taking this big leap. Because this was very difficult for me I, a whole lot of stuff came up and I was not who I know I can be this last year. I became a giant baby.
0: Oh. I'm going to, I'm <laughs> going to challenge you on that because I know what moment you're talking about and I, I there's
2: more than one of them Scott you saw maybe I one I saw of them.
0: one and I reacted quickly to the one so the, the thing that I would mm. challenge you on is you allowed yourself to be vulnerable in a place where you were learning right and so one of the things that's really great about people like yourselves that have a growth mindset right so we just want to get better so we're going to get better I'm going to go ahead and dive into something that I I'm pretty sure is the right thing for me maybe I'm going to learn some stuff and then you get to that point of ooh I'm uncomfortable and I, I, cause you're a master at your craft. You understand what's going on. Like when you show up each and every time, when you show up, the people are going to get the A plus out of Cassie each and every time. And you could do it in your sleep, right? So now you're challenging yourself to go out and do something that's outside of your comfort zone.
2: Oh, yeah. But that's where it was terrible. I was terrible happens. to myself though. It is. It's like, yay, that's where growth happens, and I hate it. Oh,
0: <laughs> I, I, I get that. But
2: I was terrible to myself. You were. I alienated friends and family. I, I'm in therapy. <laughs> I am like, I was terrible to myself. I oh. did not allow myself to 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 fail. I I mean I did. I forced myself to, but I was so mean to me.
0: But you know what? Oh, what I need to say is that. What the audience doesn't know is that you were vulnerable in a very public space about, I'm challenged by this. Hundreds of people came out and showed love to you. And you should feel amazing about that. Right? If one person, by the way, if just one person in your moment of vulnerability shows up and says, you know what? You got this. I believe you. That's great. But no, not Cassie. Cassie had about a hundred people show up. Why? Because in their moment of vulnerability, you were there saying, you got this, this virtual thing. You got it. I know you don't know what's going on and everybody's afraid of the thing that's going around, but you can do this. And so that's what I did. Exactly. Yeah. So feel great about that and I know you've I got do. over the hump. So, talk a little bit about that that part of your journey. Like you had the vulnerability. People show up. They support you. Support you. You struggle your way through it. Then what? What happens next?
2: Well, it's just so much easier to be on the other side of. Hey, y'all, you, you got this. Mm-hmm. It is so much easier <laughs> to be that person because I was very vulnerable. It started in December 2022, and actually, I I still have moments of it. But it was high vulnerability state all the way through the end of August. On a consistent basis, everything that I was doing, <laughs> that's how long it went. You saw one moment on that, that I decided I'm going to try to post about it. And, you know, there was, there's, you know, Brene Brown talks a lot about like, you know, what when, when you, do you guys, do you like feeling vulnerable? And most people say no. But then when you say, when you see others feel vulnerable, do you think that they're brave?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: When you, when you, when you see others being vulnerable, are they brave? A 100%. But when you're in it, you don't feel it at all. Like it's just bizarre land for me. I'm exploring it further and I will be. The future keynote is around this. It's around this. um, I am a 25-year learning and development veteran leader, and I am the worst learner on the face of this earth. (laughs)
3: i would disagree i would totally disagree we've got
0: dan in the room for sure
3: yeah
2: and me so
0: you're good it's okay i mean i'm
2: I'm bad at the learning process i have learned it but i'm bad to myself
1: i got through school basically on on intuition so i mean (laughs) worst learner i feel like that's a pretty pretty tall mountain but i'm up there
0: in one of our earlier episodes we talked about this thing called the imposter syndrome and I think it's pretty prevalent in our field. Yeah. Right? It it's is. just really yeah. prevalent in our field and I think you were talking vulnerable about this idea of I think we set really high expectations because of the desire that we have to create impact. And yeah. this last week yeah. personally for me like I really struggled with what I'm doing and am I adding impact? And when I see the lack of impact on the things that I'm doing, I'm like, I just want to scream and pull whatever hair is left on my head out. No, no, no. In that process, there's learning and you get to a good spot. Like today, I had a breakthrough this morning about what I needed to do and get to a good spot. And you know, the world is a reflection of how we feel about it. I'm convinced of that. And when you get to that good spot Mm -hmm. and you have that breakthrough, people show up and people showed up today. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. That is amazing.
2: Yeah. That, my coach has said uh, in the moment, there's all kinds of prep work and this isn't the only thing you do, but in the moment that you are going live in front of an audience, don't focus on being good. Focus on being helpful because then you're on the audience, right?
1: I've had the the fortune and luck in my, my career to have worn a lot of hats in learning and development. And I've been, a, I've been a trainer and I've been somebody who's, who's taught trainers and an instructional designer. But as a trainer, <clears throat> every time before I get to go in front of a group of people, I'm nervous. Even, you know, like looking down the barrel of like a, a 15 years, like I'm going to stand in front of a class, I'm going to be nervous. And when I tell other people how to be a trainer, they, all of them, all of them ask, when do I stop feeling nervous? And I'm like, that's the neat part. You don't. Um, you, you, you never will. You'll always be nervous. And, and the first time you step in front of people, you'll always be nervous that first time you open your mouth because you're going to make mistakes. And you're like, oh, no, if I'm quiet, maybe I won't make mistakes. And while that's true, you also won't get anything done. And so uh, it, takes, it takes a lot of bravery to not just be a trainer and be in a classroom with a group of people who you will see maybe a few times over the course of of their journey. But to expand that, to step in front of thousands of people and not just try to inform them, but your goal is to inspire them. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't Mm -hmm. imagine what uh, the butterflies in my stomach would just be clawing. That's all I can imagine. Mm -hmm.
2: whole lot of prep work and like yeah so much prep and so much research <laughs> like I spent a solid three months writing a 50-minute speech and I've rewritten it I've performed when, when I went to perform and rehearse it it's been rewritten um, I, I performed it recently again I, I delivered it recently and I'm rewriting it <laughs> so you know it's just a lot of research that goes into for me it has been and for anyone who is focused on it they do the same uh so that by the, by the time, what I'm trying to say is that by the time I get up in front of it, I just can't wait. I have this cool stuff I can't wait to share with you and I can't wait to see what you think. Mm. That's that's the place that I will rehearse and prep to and get to.
0: That's awesome. How'd you come up with your topic? Like for me, I feel like that's the hardest thing. Like,
2: It is the hardest like, thing. Or
0: writing a book. Like, yeah. hey, everybody should write a book. Yeah. We have a book inside of us. Great. What's it about? No idea. So how did, that's exactly how right. did you how yeah. you come up with that? How do you form me? There's so many things to, you could talk about right
2: well like everybody i mean like everyone has a different process for this and uh, in through the this is also why i took this training last last year and they guided us through writing this and coming up with the way that they define it at um, at this place i went heroic public speaking it's called i love them uh, they define it as what's your big idea what's your big idea and we went through weeks and weeks and weeks of forming that and coming up with that and it is not easy. I would say that it was probably, you know, the hardest part in some ways, because that's the thing. Like, you got to be able to say it. What's what's your big idea? What's the main thing that you're trying to say? And you got to know who your audience is. And then you've got to know uh, what their pain points are. What are they challenged by? Uh, and another interesting question that really helped me is, what do they wish the world looked like? You know, what Mm -hmm. could the world be like? And so, you know, if we, I'll talk about my own experience because I do believe everyone arrives at this differently and everyone has a different way. I came in with an idea of, listen, I know that I've helped people for the last 20 something years, not hate being online. So what does that mean? What does that mean? And I went through, well, what, what's missing a big, like, brainstorm and research for myself on what, what, what is wrong? (laughs) And what could it be like? And what do I know it could be like? And, and you know, what do they wish that they could do differently? And informing all of that and then brainstorming through and going back and forth and back and forth, like this is the intensity that I was in. And you can see the moments of my idea is nothing. No one's going to care. Constantly coming up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately what I've landed on, and you've seen me share this, and it's what my current keynote is about it's currently called irresistibly remote the power of connection one online meeting at a time and what i came up with is this is my big idea being online is certainly equal to and in some cases better than being in person
0: that's an amazing Mm -hmm. topic given by an amazing person and it's needed very much needed. so I, I applaud you for that. Like, I think we've all learned a heck of a lot um, in the last few years about the online experience and what's important and what's not important. And, um, oh man, I, I don't want to yeah. steal your thunder because I bet all these things are in there and I can't no, wait to see it. It's, like, it's great. But
2: uh, I mean, like I do want to like, I'll give you one little bit more on that though. Mm-hmm. Like the idea that like, cause a lot of people, so here's the challenge, you know, a lot of people have, we have been online. We know and there's so much research today showing how productive we are, and, uh, and leaders know that we are productive too. It is not why they're bringing us back in the offices. The problem is not productivity. The problem is human connection. We're not entering into these digital landscapes believing that we can truly impact one another and connect with one another like we used to when we were together in real life. We see this as the fake life. A lot of people do. I mean, I'm not going to say the whole world does, but it's it's a problem that still happens. We come to the online meeting going, well, if we were in person, we'd do this and it'd be better. But since we're online, we'll just do this and make it what we can. We'll do our best, which is like 70% of what would otherwise be 100% perfect in person. And so my keynote questions this mindset What if we saw, when we connected online, completely equal to whatever was we thought in-person was? And by the way, what did you think in-person was really, what was it really like? And was it, in fact, 100%? Was it perfect? And what happens if you remove that idea that being online is less than? What happens if it's not? What can you then do? And what will your world then potentially look like? And so I go through asking those kinds of questions and providing insights and ideas on experiences that I've had when people have changed their mindset around that. And that's where I landed on the keynote. So it's like, Zeta, when you asked me, you know, like, where were we? Like, it was click here, click there. Wasn't that cool? Yes. And it is now way beyond the clicking, because the clicking is going to be required, yeah. <laughs> you know, as right part now, of it. <laughs> yeah, it will be required. Absolutely. It's, it's actually re- absolutely 100% necessary. Mm-hmm. But what if, what if you came into this moment and said, this is exactly the same as if I was connecting with you
3: in person? I, I love that. I, I think we can move to that point. Mm-hmm. I think we could see that we can connect um, on a global level, like yeah. we're in the same room. And if we have that mindset. If we yeah. have that level of expectation, like what can we do with that? Yeah, what, what that. can we
2: make room for? And it's like yeah. the, the tech keeps changing every single second. We talked about AI in the beginning. What's, I have no idea. There is no way to predict what's coming. But you know what we can do? We can make space for it.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, we can yeah. get rid
2: of old thinking. We can get rid of holding on to, let's get back on the office so we can get back to normal. No, 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 no. I want to go forward
3: mm-hmm. with
2: what's coming.
3: Cause I don't know that I understand it all yet. Yeah. <laughs> I want to yeah. definitely see what's next. Yeah, I want to see what's around that bend. <clears throat> yeah. Right.
0: The one great thing about everything you're talking about is it's, it's it has to be intentional, and I'm sure you talk about that, yeah. right? So if we're gonna yeah. if we're gonna actually go forward with the things that I know that you're talking about in your keynote, there has to mm-hmm. be intentionality around it.
2: Oh yeah, you know? it's actually my ending line. I say we get to move forward with intention. Mm-hmm.
0: If we're not intentional about it, probably not going to be what we want, in my humble opinion.
3: Yeah. Probably won't get there. Yeah.
0: We're getting to a point where we need to start wrapping up, but I really want to make space for you intentionally to talk about some <laughs> things that you've learned, right? So, all, all of us that are sitting here listening to the casting and are like, and we're in trance, like, please sign me up for your keynote. Like, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. What'd you learn? in this process, and what are you continuing to learn? If you could share that with us, that'd be great.
2: I've learned that I really can get past this imposter syndrome. I've learned that I really can build confidence. I can make mistakes, uh, and it is all very much worth it. And I've said those words as a trainer reading my Instructionally Designed Guide, Dan. I've said them. (laughs) I've now, and I have lived them before, but I have really lived them now, and I think that this has always been in me And it has been probably the thing I have always wanted to do. And now I'm really living it and really having to go through that just absolute terror to get to the other (laughs) side. And I'm still in it in a lot of ways, but I I can do it. And that's a a big learning for me. And that, that my way of thinking of the world is on me. Nobody else is doing it. No one else is telling me yes or no. It's me and what I make of my life.
0: Awesome. It's on me. Any advice yeah, yeah. that you would give? Like maybe like one or two pieces of advice for people that are like, I'm so excited I got to hear this and my mind is just spinning. Right? What do I, what do I do?
2: I think uh I'd love to be able to take my own advice that I'm about to provide. Uh, so please know that as I give this advice, <laughs> I, I wholeheartedly mean it and wish I could live by it too. But don't be so hard on yourself. Just it'll be okay. And it is wonderful to share it with others. Scott, you mentioned how many people gathered around. I don't think that I'm unique in that way. People love to support each other and they, they see themselves in you when you share your challenges. They do not see the perfect, they they don't feel as connected to or inspired by your perfect, your perfect stuff. They feel more connected to the struggles. I think it it helps bring us together, our humanity together. You know, it's more interesting. So don't be so hard on yourselves. We're we're all in it.
3: Awesome advice. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Cassie, thank you. Thank you so so much. Um thanks for being a friend of the show. Thanks for your inspirational journey. Um I'm just super, super stoked and super glad that you could be part of our Friendsgiving today, our Nerdsgiving today. Excuse me. Could you do <laughs> us a favor? Could you um let our audience know how they could connect with you?
2: You can get a hold of me at com. It's a brand new website that I'm continuing to build out, and I am quite active on LinkedIn under my first and last name.
0: Fantastic. We'll keep those links in the show notes. Everybody reach out to Cassie, check her out. If you need help with virtual training, you can always sign up there or go to Cassie Speaks and check out what she's got us what, what she's got to say. If your organization needs help in this remote connecting, like probably no better person in the world that you would want to connect with and hire than Cassie. She's awesome. She's amazing. Thank you so much. Danielson. Yes, Scott. Could you do me a favor and let our audience know how they could connect with us?
1: Absolutely. All right, party people. If you haven't done it already, email us at nerds at thelearningnerds.com. Email us any questions you might have. Tell us about uh, a time when you have been nervous to stand in front of others or maybe just times when you've been extra vulnerable and uh, good things have come of it. If you're on Facebook, you can find us at Learning Nerds. For all of our Instagram peeps, Fab Learning Nerds. And lastly, for more information about us, what we do, and updates, www.TheLearningNerds.com. Scott.
0: Thanks, Dan. Hey, everybody, do me a favor. Could you go ahead and hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, share this amazing episode out with your friends? Great stuff. Do me a special favor if you could go to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast and leave us a review, whether you liked it or not. But leave us a review because that way we can get better and that way we can share more of this awesome stuff with more of the likes of you. And with that, I'm Scott. I'm Dan. I'm Zeta. I'm Cassie. And we're your Fabulous Learning Nerds, and we are out. Happy Giving, everybody! Thanks for listening to the Fabulous Learning Nerds. You know, there are a lot of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, FlexTime enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment of offerings. If you're, if you're thinking of giving it a try, if you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE.